welcome back to Voxburner's Youth Trends podcast. I'm Richard Jackson and I'm the general manager here at Voxburner. This week I spoke with Marcy Merriman from EY who will be joining us at YMS New York this October. We had a talk about youth activism, women in tech and what trends she's most excited about for 2019. Hey there, Marcy. It's Richard Jackson calling here from Voxburner. Hi, Richard. How are you? Really good, thanks. Very good. And, and yourself? How's your morning? It's fantastic. And well, Marcy, thanks for taking some time to, to have a chat with us today. So it'd be really great if you could just introduce yourself, tell us a bit about your background and your role at EY. Sure. My name is Marcy Merriman, and I lead consumer strategies, cultural insights for our digital strategy practice at EY. Excellent. And from the research that you guys have been doing at EY and also your experiences in the industry, what would you say is the most unique or surprising thing you, you've, you've learned so far from this new generation of consumers, the Gen Z era? Yeah, I think it's, it's really been an evolution of what I've learned. So it's, it's not necessarily here's the one thing that's most interesting, but it's the constant uncovering of something new and different. And for me, this really started probably about five years ago. I was doing a lot of research on millennials. And at the time, we still thought of at the younger group, which we're, you know, now we recognize as Gen Z, is falling into the millennial group. And as I was doing research on things like recycled wrapping paper or carbon footprint and helping companies understand, helping my clients understand how millennials, in their mind, you know, felt about these things, we started seeing some really different things with the younger participants who we later were able to classify into a new generation, Gen Z. But the unique things that we saw then and how they continue to tie in to what we're seeing in society and how they're changing society and businesses is what I think is really interesting. So it's things like um, their independent nature, their desire to be part of solutions themselves, how they view themselves as as, uh, having a role or responsibility in making things better. So it's really this independence, this attitude of, you know, can do and almost obligation to feeling like they they need to be stepping up and being part of something, which was a bit different than what we saw in millennials. Millennials saw sustainability and environmental as being important, but we saw them as looking toward companies or their parents or whatever it was for guidance what to do or in, in evaluating them based upon what they were doing, where Gen Z immediately took things into their own hands. And I think what is most interesting to me is as we see them now aging, where they're in the 22, 23-year year old range and how they're continuing to take on that attitude as they go into college, into businesses, into society, and really coming up with innovative ways of doing things and not just having the ideas but ready to run and feel an obligation to be part of solutions and do good as they're creating businesses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And any sort of first-hand examples that sort of spring to mind? Yeah, I think if you look at just the number of young people, even in their teens, who are creating their own businesses online and creating the YouTube influencers. So in the in the past with millennials, every you know millennials at the time, one they were teens, wanted to be on Facebook, to be on Instagram. That was kind of the goal. With Gen Z, what we're seeing is the desire 
and actually feeling like, again, they're missing out if they don't have their own YouTube channel by which they're trying to sell something or gain followers. And not for the you know, status aspect of friend followers, but actually how do you create followers in order to create a business out of it. So it's those types of things that we're seeing. And then just on a daily basis, new people coming out of the woodwork, whether it's political or what we're seeing like with the, the, um, the Florida students and how they, as soon as I saw the Parkland, the news of the Parkland shooting, and I saw the ages of these kids, of these people, I knew it would be different. I just, something in my gut told me it would be different in how they were going to react. And when we see how they stood up and respectfully challenged the establishment, and they haven't stopped, and learning how to use the tools at their hands to really create change and to stand up to adults and everyone else, but again, in a very, I feel, very respectful way. I think that that's a key difference. Rather than looking for others to solve the problems or looking to lawmakers, they're forcing lawmakers or they're actually running for office themselves or helping others in office. So I think that those are some of the key differences. Yeah, I think that's a really like quite poignant moment that, that you pulled out there. I think that image of you know them sort of standing together and uniting and saying we want things to change was such a strong image. You know, even you know over here, over you know in London, that image really resonated across press and media of this idea that things have to change and we will use our knowledge and power to hopefully um, you know implement something. Yep. Yeah, look, I, I absolutely agree. Moving on slightly, Marcy, I know that you're, we're fortunate to have you join us at Youth Marketing Strategy New York this October. Um, you're going to be you know, speaking on our main stage. You know, at YMS, we've got some really um, inspiring women who work in the tech industry, talking on, you know, across our stages and also exhibiting in the showcase area. Um, and, and I know from, from reading about you and the work that you've done that tech is something that you're really very passionate about. What do you think tech companies can do to encourage more young women to, to pursue their careers within that industry? Yeah, I think that's a great question, and I'm also passionate about bringing more diversity into you know, workplaces, whether it's tech or, or any of the others, and certainly passionate about uh, helping uh, female, you know, female rise, helping girls, helping women, Absolutely. especially having a daughter myself. It, it's something very close to my heart, and as I think about what tech companies or any of the other companies are doing, you know, some of the key things, I think one of the key things is going to be the understanding of transparency, like understanding this group of people, whether male or female, the transparency that they've had for life or they've expected, the ability to go online and search for the answer for anything, and if they can't find it, then questioning, you know, why they can't find it, feeling like there must be there must be something almost evil behind it if the information is available to them. Or even being able to, when they buy products, buying a sweater online, being able to see where the sweater was manufactured, what the conditions were, what the price factors are, you know, on and on and on. Now, as they're going into the, the work world, whether it's tech or any other company, they're going to bring that expectation of transparency with them. And what I think that that's going to mean is, from a pay equity and equity in general, it's going to change change the game radically. I mean, right now, we hear a lot about equity and the desire for pay equity and more women in leadership and everything else. Um, but yet, the facts behind it, that the salary, whose bonus, how, how that all works, that tends to be kept very much behind the curtain. But this group of people is going to, one, share that information freely with each other. 
And two, they're going to expect the company to provide the data points and show them what they're doing and provide the facts. So I think that that in itself, when we think about not just attracting, you know, women into tech, but actually keeping the women you attract into tech, that's going to be a key factor that's really going to force companies to change. There's so much of what we are seeing, whether, again, it's in tech or other industries, at lower levels, we have, we have more women going in. We have often equal or even greater numbers of women than men going in at the, the junior or out of college or the entry level. But what we see is gradually, as they age, they're dropping out. So as they're in their late 20s or early 30s, and whatever it is, they're dropping out. And the dropout, a lot of people attribute to, you know, lifestyle or family or this or that. And immediately going to the providing more flexibility at the end or whatever it is. Well, one, I found in my work that both genders expect flexibility at the same degree. So, in fact, men are even more appreciative, and the research we've done, especially around millennials, are more appreciative of that flexibility than women. So this isn't a gender-specific um, thing in that case. But one of the real big things that I think keeps getting overlooked is the need for efficiency. And this, again, right now I see that among women who are in their late 20s, early 30s, mid-30s. Study after study will show that women are doing more of the, the overall household work. So what, if they're working outside the home, they're still doing more inside the home. Now, that's beginning to change, but it's still not a completely equal status, equal between the two. Um, and if you look at if women, as they're sitting in meetings, here's a good example. If you're sitting in a meeting and it's a lot of fluff or it's just happening because it's happening or whatever it is, the women will start immediately thinking, I could be doing this, I could be doing, what time am I giving up with my child, what time yeah. am I giving up with home, you know, whatever it is. And that's when I think companies really start losing them. It's when they're starting to realize the trade-off of what they got to put in for what they're getting out of it and the fact that it's just not worth it. Now, where I think this is important is both genders of Gen Z, as they enter the workforce, they have been driven since birth. They've pushed to get ahead. They have higher expectations of overall efficiency, being able to get things done faster, whatever it is. And as they go into the workforce, they're not going to suddenly be willing to just sit in a room and debate things for hours that should just be done instantly. So I think if they're going to want to keep not just women and keep get women ahead, but really attract the best of both genders, they're going to have to think about these things more. Absolutely. And that actually leads really nicely onto my next question, to be honest with you, which is around how can brands really attract a Gen Z to come and work for them and retain this really, you know, awesome new talent into the workplace? So I know you mentioned a few things just then, both male and female, but anything else that sort of springs to mind that people can really do to attract top talent? Yeah, I think that, that again, the things that they're going to have to do is look at what's wasted time, you know, what's not efficient. If you look at the world that they're coming out of where they can instantly I'll get a car service, you know, at any time of day or night. They can get food delivered to them wherever they are, and it will figure out where they are and have it delivered to them. They can buy whatever they want around the world with just the, you know, the click of a click of the, I'd say a click of the mouse, but that's not even the case. It's just tap the tap of the yeah. app. But that's the world that they've been raised in. And as they go into the workplace, they're going to expect that same level of ease and simplicity. And if we look at a lot of the hurdles, whether it's technology or policies 
or um, just doing things because we've always done it that way, those are things that are going to be massive turnoffs to this group. So if you want to get the most out of them, if you want to even get them and be able to keep them, those are the types of things companies should be looking at now. How can they take out that minutia that's just weighing down the organization and prepare for what the expectations are going to be of this group? And the benefit is doing those things is a benefit to all generations. These are things that millennials, Gen X, baby boomers, everyone will appreciate having hassles taken away. The thing is, what we saw with millennials and others, what they desired, what they asked for, you know, not wanting these things, it was an asking for. Gen Z is going to demand it. You know, they're going to be expecting it. And I think that that's going to be a real wake-up call for organizations. And the faster they can prepare for it now, and start streamlining it and sharing. Again, that gets back to the transparency, sharing with Gen Z what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and asking for their help in doing it. Um, that can win them, win them some big points with Gen Z. Absolutely. And in terms of your career and the journey that you've been on from your first day in the workplace to, to where you are now, how have you seen your work behavior and your work attitude adapt to really welcome in this new generation and to really you know, work alongside them and really embrace the culture that, that you seem to be doing every day? I think the benefit that I've had is working in, in multiple different situations. So I've worked in industry. I've worked in, you know, help lead startups. I had my own company. And now in EY, working in you know, big management consulting firms, um, I have the benefit of having a perspective of a lot of different situations and how people work and how people do things. And I think that that's provided, you know, me more of a basis of thinking about different ways we can do things. And that helps with Gen Z or millennials or whatever it is. And also coming out of the startups, every single person is expected to step up and contribute to a great degree. There's no room to hide. There just isn't. And I think that I've taken that mentality into big companies, too, where I expect the millennials, Gen Z, whoever they are, every single person is given free room to excel to whatever degree because you need all the the people, the minds, and the thinking that you can get. I think that that has helped to some degree. Absolutely. I know it certainly sounds it. And then, Marcy, from looking at, at the past, now looking way ahead into the future, into 2019, what, what would you say that some of the emerging youth trends that, that you're looking forward to seeing or maybe even following are for our audience to keep an eye out for? Yeah, what I think is going to be really interesting that I've kind of got my eye out on right now is the almost a, a, a gift. Said getting back to nature. Yeah. Um, there's this real trend of pushing toward giving up the phone or less screen time or more human contact. So a lot of it is around well-being and um, decreasing anxiety and you know these types of things. But for for Gen Z especially, I think a lot of it is driven because they've always had access to this stuff. For us, being able to you know, change the temperature in my home an hour before I get there, that's still a novelty and kind of a cool thing. For them, they've just been used to having the tools to do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted through life and contacting their friends when they want and everything else. So I think for them, they're going to have almost, you know, you always crave what you don't have and desire what you don't have. And since they've never had a world without all these things, the idea of not having that constant interference, having some detachment from it, I think we're going to see more and more of a movement with that. And if you think about in the mid-90s, 
I was in management consulting at that time, and email was really just starting to become, you know, the way of communicating. And I remember a friend of mine one day saying, his email had pinged and saying, you know, I love that sound. Every time you hear that sound, it's like a little gift you know you're getting. I mean, how many of us feel that way about email right now? I mean, we open it, and it's like, oh, my God, you know, why do I have 200? And well, what can I delete right away, right? We, I think we all would love a day without email. Sure. And so I think it's that same sort of thing for them. It's like all this stuff coming at them. The idea of not having to deal with it, that's the vacation. That's the special. That's the moments that they're looking forward to. I think we're going to see more trends toward that, and that's also going to be driven by, you know, IoT, the ability – to of everything being connected to, so you have to have less interference. You have to do less of it yourself. And these things are going to stream up to the rest of us. You know, it's the youth that have always driven change. And as they drive that change, the rest of us will reflect and look at whether we should be doing the same. Absolutely. It's almost like things have come full circle almost. You know, things go, you know, go around and people want to go back to basics a little bit and sort of strip things back and, yeah. and get, get yeah. rid of the noise. Exactly. And what's interesting for us is back to basics. For them, it's a completely new world. They've never yeah. had those basics. So for them, it's like this really cool, new, different thing, just as, you know, mobile phone and apps and everything else were for us. Absolutely. And, you know, on the, the subject of apps, what are your sort of go-tos at the moment? What are you, you know, tapping before you, you know, brush your teeth in the morning and before you go to bed? Well, what, what are your key apps at the moment that get you through the day? I'm so boring. <laughs> 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 I really am. I'm, you know, your basic text, email, those types of things. Flipboard is probably the one that inspires me. You know, I love going to that and just seeing what else is out there, what people are talking about, what's hot for the day. You know, there's so much different information out there. I think that's really where I go. And then quite honestly, I, I go through probably about a half dozen others looking at what I'm seeing what my daughter's doing. <laughs> that's way to attract her, but also to see what's happening with with other other youth out there. You know, and Snapchat and those are the the ones that are still dominant. Yeah, no, absolutely for sure. And in terms of you know the way you're consuming, I guess like news, are you still very much you know print and you're looking forward to you know opening up that magazine you know in in, in the morning with a coffee, or you know are you turning to your iPad? to sort of ch- check out sort of the algorithm news app that we use? or Yeah, I, I go more towards the aggregated news on a daily yeah. basis, but I sure. still love my Sunday New York Times in oh, yeah. print. So that's my, <laughs> that's almost my guilty pleasure. <laughs> so a, a little bit of both. And as we're sort of, you know, wrapping things up now, just a few like quick fire questions. So um, the best moment of your career so far, any highlights, standout moments? I just love the new. I get excited and, you know, juiced and revved up and ready to go whenever I enter a new place or someplace I haven't been for a long period of time. And getting that exposure and just looking at how cultural shifts have shaped the behavior in whatever area I'm in or how the cultural shifts have changed the behavior since the last time I was there. I mean, these are the things that really capture aspirations that are impacting the industries across society. So I'd love to see how they're accelerating things, what's happening, getting out there, exploring, talking to people. That is what inspires me and is constantly my favorite thing to do. Oh, excellent, excellent. And and what about something that very few people know about you that maybe they should do? Anything that springs to mind? 
I'm, you know, I am pretty open book. Yeah. <laughs> if I haven't shared it already, there's probably a reason why. <laughs> but fair dues. Um, favorite food? Ooh, God, I, so I'm a depends person, too. That's why I'm a good qualitative researcher. Um, <laughs> everything for me depends. Depends on the moment. Depends on what I'm, what I'm into. I love all kinds of different ethnic foods. So okay. Food, whether it's, you know, sushi, pizza, Indian food, I, I, I like variety. Okay. You'll be well suited at YMS. We've got a whole food festival across the two days, so with plenty of plenty of choice for you there. Um, awesome. And, and, and on YMS, a bar the food, uh, what is it that you're most looking forward to about joining us in October? For me, it really is being around so many other people that are focused on the youth. You know, my day-to-day and in a lot of the, you know, events I've taken and different things I'm involved in and with my clients, I'm the youth expert. I'm the person that's focused on that and talking about it. <laughs> and I really get to be in an environment where there's so many other people that are doing the same thing and are passionate about the same thing. And I'm really excited about what I can learn from everyone else and hearing how their their perspective on things and how, what might be different than mine and things that I've missed. So I'm excited to be around so many other people that are really focused on an area that I'm so excited about. Fantastic. Really good to hear. And Marcy, you know, thank you so much, you know, for joining us this afternoon. Um, it's been so interesting and hopefully given our audience just a snapshot of what you're going to be discussing in October over at YMS, I'm sure. And then plans for the rest of the day. What, what's, on, what's in your diary? We have a lot of new research we're doing right now and pulling a lot of new things. And a lot of that is around bringing new perspective to um, YMS. So that's going to be a big focus for me today. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll let you crack on because uh, we certainly don't, <laughs> you know, we want it to be, you know, re- yeah. ready in time. Um, so, Marcy, thank you so much, and we look forward to hearing more of you in October, okay? Thank you. Cheers. Thank you to Marcy for some really great insight there. If you want to hear more from Marcy and all our speakers from brands including Snapchat, Microsoft, American Eagle and more, then please join us at YMS New York this October. And remember to enter Podcast 10 at checkout for your 10% off tickets. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with a new episode next week.